0: welcome to the marissa morrison show where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire i'm marissa and i began my business as a 19 year old single mom broke and in college today i run a seven figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm abundance peace joy and overflowing love are available to you and i'm here to show you the way to a richer more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life. And you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. Hello, and welcome back, my love. I am so happy that you are here. I'm so thankful that I have this opportunity to connect with you and to grow with you in this beautiful journey of life that we all, as humanity, share together. Today, I am going to speak on something that I believe is going to begin and set forth a path of freedom for you, a path of healing that is going to restore who you are to yourself so that you can return and remember your greatness and your power. We're talking all about healing the traumas of the past so that you can transform your life. And I am going to just wrap you up in my arms today. I want you to know that you are loved and that I see you. And most of our lives, we run from the pain that we've experienced so that we don't have to experience it again. And I believe that you were here for a reason. There are no mistakes in life, no accidents. And you being here right now means that this is the perfect message for you. That it is meant for you at this time in your life. And so I'm going to ask you to become really present with this moment. You may be driving, you may be getting ready for the day, whatever you are doing right now. I want to encourage you to just let go of what you're thinking about for the future. Maybe you're going somewhere, you have hopes of a possible booking with a client or a sell or thinking about a conversation you may have later. Just Really let it all go and come to this moment right now, hearing my voice, seeing the sights in front of you, letting go of the past, and we're going to take a journey together. And I want to encourage you to just open your mind, everything that you know and that you think you know, today in this moment right now, we're going to let go of that and we're going to come to a new perspective, a new level of consciousness and awareness And this will create that path of healing for you. And as I'm always reminding you, do not have expectations in this time that we're sharing together. I want to encourage you to let go of expectations. Maybe you are feeling really stuck in your life, maybe financially, maybe relationally, maybe with your self-image or your health, and you are really expecting a breakthrough. There's this beautiful balance of expectation yet surrendering. And right now, I want to encourage you to surrender. And when it comes to surrender for us here in this three-dimensional plane, it's hard to do so after a period of time. That's the greatest experience of surrender is to not place a time frame on your healing. Because just know that by listening to this episode, your healing is already beginning. And in fact, you simply showing up right now, your healing has already begun. So when we have this running from pain that we experienced in the past, oftentimes something happens, whether it's an abusive parent, maybe we were picked on in school, maybe it was a moment where we almost lost our lives, or we had someone dear and we lost them. Traumas come in many, many different ways. And When we experience it, it's very painful, and we can do a variety of different things with it. We will either suppress it, repress it, or simply react in a negative manner that is not going to serve us. How we react in that moment of the trauma creates how we continue to react in any moment that seems to appear as the trauma. Hence, where we get the word triggers. Our current triggers are reflections of our past traumas. And so, when we are avoiding or suppressing these emotions, we will then respond to these circumstances in the present with fear, doubt, frustration, overwhelm, confusion, anger. It may result in the long term in depression, disease. We'll have a loss of profits, reduced quality of relationships, because we're not able to be our most authentic self or to express ourselves in the relationship. And we also will have a sense of a victim mentality, a smallness of self, and it may even show up as defensiveness. And the way that we respond is going to be different for every single one of us, and The beautiful thing here to know is that your highest self, the dreams that you hold in your heart, those dreams are already being experienced for your highest self. There is a future where it's already happening. But in order for you to become an alignment with that future that offers your dreams and your desires, your traumas must be healed. Your highest self doesn't have those same traumas within. They've healed from them and have produced a higher value, which is wisdom, from those traumas. Now I'm going to walk you through, again, we're going to go on a journey, okay? So stick with me through this. I'm going to give a lot of understanding to you. I'm going to download some perceptions and understanding how our brains work with trauma so that then when we get to the end, I'm going to give you some steps for you to activate in your life and your journey of healing the traumas of the past. And the beautiful thing is that you're going to be able to use these steps moving forward because these actions, these experiences of trauma will continue to happen in our lives. And when we're aware of it in the moment, we can reduce the possibility of it becoming a trauma long-term and affecting the quality of our lives, which is why you're here, I know, to have a beautiful life, soaring profits, profitable, thriving business, beautiful relationships. And so it all begins here. This must first be healed in order to experience the dreams that you desire. The reality that you are Living in right now is a mirror of your emotion and your beliefs that are held within. If you do anything, you may have a strategy for your business, you may read a book about relationships or parenting, and you may follow these paths. But the energy at which you activate those strategies will reflect as such. So if you do anything with low energy, you will manifest the exact energy that you are putting out. And that's why so many people will buy online courses or read books and follow a path and look around and say, well, why didn't it work for me? Well, it begins with the beliefs that we hold, the emotion that we're experiencing on a daily basis, and the energy and vibration that we are releasing into the world with the things that we do. Thus, we get stuck. Because then we are in this pattern of emotion and belief And we hold on very tightly to it because since we had a trauma, it can be very scary. It can feel unsafe to let go of that belief. And all things, in the end, are measured in terms of fulfillment, which is emotional experience that is being led by the soul for the ultimate fulfillment, which is wisdom. So whatever you believe in your life, you will become. Now, this is not your fault. This is not a bad thing. This is actually your power. The frustration of trauma and the issue with you know, going through life and being stuck is that when we are unconscious of how our beliefs are affecting our lives, we continue on a path unconsciously, almost asleep to our life and the entire world experiences trauma. Everyone on this planet has felt shame, guilt, denial, and emptiness that trauma brings. So you are not alone. You have done nothing wrong, and you are right where you need to be, here today, right now. It's our ego, our small self, the unconscious, also known as subconscious i may use those words interchangeably it's trying to protect you from experiencing the pain again and in fact if we really take a step back and we look at this for what it is you know we can have all this frustration of being stuck in our lives and you know these beliefs and a lot of times we don't even know what the belief's are it's just this feeling or this reaction to a circumstance that holds us back. And a very simple example when it comes to business maybe we may not want to raise our prices because somewhere in our past we had an experience that created this belief that we're not good enough. And so now it is manifesting in many areas of our lives. Maybe we are people pleasing. Maybe we are not expressing ourselves fully. Maybe we show up and are defensive so that You know, we can fight for our worthiness, and maybe it shows up in reducing our prices. When we know darn well, we should be charging more, right? These are all manifestations from trauma, undealt with, unresolved energy that is then held within the body, and it's a belief, and many times it will manifest. If you ever wake up with a sore back or a clenched jaw, you get migraines. These are all manifestations from trauma. We all know that In America especially, heart attack is the number one cause of death. And your stress level over a prolonged period of time can greatly affect your eating habits, the flow of blood in your body, the hormones that are released in your body. Stress is very much related to our experience here on this planet and our health and and the way that we're able to manifest our dreams. And so we have to be bold enough to face it head on. And when we look at our trauma and the way that our subconscious manages to deal with it, even in our defense, even in these efforts to show up and prove our worthiness or to lower our prices, whatever, however it manifests, it is actually ourselves trying to protect ourselves from the pain. And this is a loving attempt. It's not like we're trying to hurt ourselves. We're not intentionally saying, oh, I'm going to create this bad reality for myself. No, it's the opposite. We are doing what we think is best. We're trying to use what we know from our experience to protect ourselves from the pain. So it's actually love and it's beautiful. But the way that we are able to truly love ourselves is through our awareness and our consciousness. So let's look at another example of how traumas can manifest. As you know, I grew up with a father that was abusive physically and verbally. And so if someone, or perhaps let's say you had a abusive mother, father, sibling, anyone, we've all have had people in our lives not treat us as we would like them to, And so each and every single one of you should be able to relate to this in some way. But let's say someone had an abusive father, for example, and you meet someone similar height, similar build, similar tone and voice and countenance. You may feel the need to be repelled from that person or to not be around that person. You may avoid that person. Now, in a very different person, a different set of neural patterns and different life experiences, maybe had the same type of father, abusive verbally and physically. But let's say that for them, the way that they responded and their subconscious protected themselves from ever feeling it again wasn't from avoiding that person. Maybe their response was to run to that person and be a people pleaser and to do whatever they could to earn their approval. Two very different responses, both are reflections of trauma. Because in both examples, the individual is not acting in their truest self. They are putting up a guard or putting up an image that they believe will validate who they are and remove the pain that they once felt. Now, let's take another example, which would be an example not from another person, but from an event. So let's say it was a traumatic brain injury, which I am going to have an entire episode on. As you know, my husband had a traumatic brain injury, and it really shook our lives and our family. And I'm so thankful for it because it has drawn us closer together. But oh my goodness, I've learned so much about the brain and how it works and the inner workings of an individual and personality and attitudes and the function of the brain in our lives and how we can use it to our advantage. But if you've had any kind of injury that put you in a moment where you thought you were going to lose your life, the brain may begin to recognize anything as a threat, and it will send you into fight or flight. It may perceive someone coming to you with disapproval or an argument as a threat, and you may not consciously be aware of this unconscious program happening in the background, but you're feeling those sensations. So your fight or flight may go off. It may manifest in rage or that depression, dissociation. This can also come up in reading people and their expression incorrectly. Your intentions may not be perceived as you hope they would, or you may not understand their intentions. You may also have dissociation with what's actually happening. And your brain is actually saying, oh no, it's happening again. Because in reality, the brain, as we know in neuroscience, doesn't know the difference in then and now. And so your responses now is your brain reading that trauma as it being here now. All emotion, what we feel, is an interpretation of a neural pattern. This is the firing and wiring of neurons in your brain. When this happens, if you remember learning the word synapsis in school, it is the release of chemicals, sending them throughout the body, causing biological responses in your body's organs, and these sensations are then felt within your body. And so trauma can be very powerful because the brain, as I shared, doesn't know the difference of then and now. So how we remember something, another very interesting fact for you to consider when it comes to neuroscience, when we have a memory in the brain, I know that before I started studying all of this, I thought to myself, oh, I am remembering it kind of like a computer would pull a file from its database. But in fact, that's not what's happening whenever we pull a memory into our mind. It is more of assimilation. It is neural patterns that we experienced when the moment happened, and your memory is the assimilation of those neural patterns happening again, which is electricity and swirling chemicals. (laughs) That's all it really is when we narrow it down to the simplest form of explanation, and that is your memory of an event. It doesn't mean that that's actually what happened. The most truest way to think of a memory is the emotion that you felt in the moment of the experience. So that doesn't account for the other people's intentions It doesn't account for the truth of what was said or what you said or how you acted, how they acted. It doesn't account for any of that. Your memory accounts for the emotion that you felt because that will then manifest and mirror the neural pattern that you had experienced before through assimilation. So emotion is pretty dang powerful, right? But it is not you. And I want to pause here and say, emotion is not a bad thing. When we think about our experience here in this three-dimensional form, your soul and your spirit was drawn to this experience here in this life, in your form, in your embodiment. And in this embodiment, the whole of everything is emotion. How do you feel when you wake up? How do you feel when you see someone you love? How do you feel when you go on a hiking trip and climb to the mountaintop for the first time, looking over the beautiful landscape? How do you feel when someone books you? How do you feel whenever you don't make the sell? Everything is emotion, and it's beautiful. It is what we are able to experience in this body. So it is both you and not you. Emotion really is a record of past experiences. It is the past that teaches the brain how to feel, but something to empower you with is that it's also each moment moving forward from this moment of now that is also teaching the brain how to feel for the future. This is what we call in neuroscience, plasticity. So you're never actually stuck, and you always hold the power. It's whenever we remain unconscious or asleep to our life, asleep to the patterns that are holding us back. We know there's a trauma there. We remember it perhaps as a traumatic event. We know that it was traumatic for us, and we know it's affecting us. But really and truly, most people are not actually aware of how the trauma is manifesting in their lives. And so the journey of healing becomes the awareness of where is this affecting me? And again, I'm going to go into some very specific steps for you to work through, and I want to create space right now for you to know that talking about your trauma is also a part of healing. And so right now, we are beginning a beautiful journey together, but if you are struggling further through this, speaking to a professional is a beautiful opportunity. Speaking to someone who is not a part of your life, who is not in the relationships or who knows the person that may have caused a traumatic event for you really is also healing as well. So it is a personal journey, but there's also healing in our oneness and bringing this openness of experience to others. Because the more that you explore it, the more that you can find the truth in it. And when you do, it is healing to the soul. But as long as we avoid it, And don't go back there because it's painful and it hurts. You know, that pain just remains stuck and the patterns and the the beliefs are never going to show themselves so that you can choose how you want to move forward with this experience of life. Trauma is like wearing goggles that show you one reality when really there's another reality. And it creates illusions of what's really happening in front of you. And as time goes on with these patterns and these beliefs and these responses to circumstances that might reflect the trauma that happened, what happens is something called hypnotic rhythm. It is established and it is essentially like thinking about an easy path and a safe path. So let me give you an example quickly if you're in a on a hiking trail, let's say. And there's a forest on the right and the left of you. Lots of bushes, lots of branches, and you're walking down this path. This path is very easy for you to take. The idea of going off to the right or the left into the forest may seem crazy because this path is already paved for you. That is essentially when we are moving through our lives in a positive or negative way, what we know to be good and what we know to be best for us, whether it is conscious or unconscious, mostly speaking of the unconscious here, we are going to choose the path that is most traveled because it is easier, the neural pattern, it's fired and wired together, that's pruning, and this is the path that we choose. So when someone speaks to us in a certain way, that reminds us or is relatable to the pattern from the trauma, then we're going to take that path that is really easy. Healing is about forging a new pattern and allowing the old pattern to be no more. So in that same hiking trail, let's say for one year every day, let's say this is in your backyard too, to make it easy to think about. Let's say now you're like, okay, I don't really think this paved pattern is good for me it's not serving me anymore. It's not leading me where I want to go. So I'm going to try this other path, but I'm going to have to create it. So you start walking through the bushes, stomping it down every day. You step on it a little bit more. There's spider webs. You might have to like kind of move out the way and you're walking through and slowly day after day, month after month, you are creating a new pattern that you were now walking through. A year later, the old pattern has its own bushes and spiderwebs and new trees that are growing. So that old pattern that you used so often now is no longer available for you. Of course, you could go there again, but, you know, it's, it's not really there. The new pattern is there. And so now this new pattern of wholeness, of beauty, of positive direction is actually more readily available and more likely to be chosen. And after time, that new good pattern also is deposited into the subconscious. So here again, we can see the subconscious is not a negative or positive thing. It's a loving thing that's always doing what it believes to be best for us. Now, if we go back to, let's say, the first week that we are carving out this new pattern, do you think that sometimes you might be like, gosh, it's so hard walking through that bush. I still got to stomp down so many branches I might just want to go down that path that I was using. Absolutely. And that's how it is in healing. You may become aware of certain things, but that easy path sometimes looks easy because it is, because it's what you've been doing. And so it does require this relationship with self, just like any romantic relationship or maybe with your parents or someone you love, a friend. You know, you have to put in energy into that relationship for it to grow and to blossom. And we're not taught very often in our adolescence or as we grow up or in the society at all that we need to have also a relationship with ourself. And creating that new path is going to require an investment of energy in yourself. And it is a building of a relationship with yourself, but it's beautiful, I promise you that. So this hypnotic rhythm is a pattern It is a path that we choose. And all reality is a pattern. You can look at the seasons, the sun rising and setting. You can look at the drives that you take every single day. You can look at the way that people respond to you in your life, the way that you show up on social media, the way that you operate your business. There are patterns in every single thing in reality. It's how we have reality. It's how we know that a cup is a cup. It's how we know that our spouse is our spouse or our friend or our mom or whoever, because our brain recognizes the pattern of the face. It's one of the first abilities the brain forms when you come out of the womb is to start recognizing facial patterns. And so this element of reality all is a pattern. And so when we continue a habit, which is also a pattern, which can be derived from a trauma, can then over time become a hypnotic rhythm. And if you imagine someone being hypnotized, it's almost like they're doing it without thinking, right? They are under a spell. And trauma is like that because it's in the subconscious, you are responding, and it's almost like you don't even know why. And even if you do know why, you're not sure how to move from it. It's like this spell that's over you. And so that is hypnotic rhythm. And hypnotic rhythm is a positive thing too. When you are creating a new positive response, perhaps maybe you over-talk people. You talk a lot, let's say. And you establish a new pattern of, okay, I'm going to be a good listener After a month of pausing your thoughts long enough to be present with someone and to hear what they're saying and not to guess what they're saying and speak over them. Well, now you are creating a new pattern. And over time, this hypnotic rhythm, it becomes how you operate. And you no longer have to think about it or try. It just becomes your natural path because you have created intentionally, consciously, a new path for your subconscious to adopt. So what follows trauma is a manifestation of the opposite of what we desire. Often people grow up with trauma of extreme poverty, for example, you know, this experience of not having food or maybe they don't have AC so they're freezing in the winter. And this is also a neural pattern of consciousness, of belief systems, of a way of seeing the world. And it can be very, very challenging to break free. This is why generational realities within people's personalities will persist because they are following the neural pattern of their parents, the belief systems of their parents within their identity. And this leads to hypnotic rhythm of thoughts that remain aligned with lack, littleness, feeling like there isn't enough to go around, to believing this is just the way life is, and maybe even a fear of thinking higher for themselves. Of course, it can always be broken. It can always be changed. There's you know, a new possibility every single day for you of what your experience will be. That's why we have such beautiful, radical success stories of people coming from poverty and moving up into the world. Tony Robbins is a great example. If you know his story, he began with not having enough food. Someone came to his door, you know, with groceries, and that changed the trajectory of his life. And now part of what he does amongst many beautiful contributions to the world is he has a nonprofit that gives food. It's beautiful. And he is a great example of someone who overcame the neural pattern that he was first born into, that he was first shown from his upbringing, and was able to choose differently, to become aware and conscious and to heal. Now, there is talk of a small T and big T of traumas. And this could be something like being picked on could be a small T. But I think that it's important here, my personal belief, is that all trauma is of equal value because it creates a limitation. It creates a setback. It creates this experience of being stuck and sometimes not knowing why. The big traumas, sometimes, not always, because we're all so unique and so are our experiences, but sometimes... The big trauma can be easier to work through when we are bold enough to look at it because it's so obvious what it is. Whereas the small t, something like someone calling you a name, you may not actually even remember it. A lot of times when we suppress the experience or the pain, we're also suppressing the memory of it. And so it could be something that you don't even remember but your body does and your brain does. And it's responding in a way that is keeping you stuck. So we're going to keep digging deeper here together. This is deep work, but it can be fun. It can be exciting because you are creating a new reality for yourself. And so I'm going to get into a few steps now for you to consider activating in your own life in this path of healing your trauma. And the very first step to healing the past Comes in acceptance, acceptance of self. Because whenever you discover your true self, there is only acceptance. You see who you are today as beautiful and only possible because of your past experiences. And there's no other way you'd be here today, you, the version that you are right now today, without having gone through those things, without being bold enough and brave enough to go through those things. And guess who carried you through? You did. You were the one that was always there for you, that held you through all of it, and that is still with you now. And you will always be holding yourself. You see, there's a part of you that is the observer, the consciousness, the soul. And in our identity, because whenever we first come into this world, We are like a blank slate. Our soul is there, which holds the emotion of all past experience. And many scientists know that our personality, much of who we are, is already with us whenever we're born. And that is the wisdom of the emotion of the past. So that is also beautiful. And in our brain, we don't have a lot of neural patterns yet in this life, in this embodiment. But as we start to go through life, we begin to have new neural patterns, right? And that hypnotic rhythm, the subconscious takes over, we go through our lives and we don't really realize why we are who we are, we just are who we are. But when it comes to healing the past, it is in becoming aware and conscious of ourselves that we can begin to heal. Because whenever we're conscious, we can see it for what it is. We can see our pain, our suffering, our anger, the responses that are holding us back little by little by little. It's like a sliver of light in the crack of a window that begins to show. And we start to discover these patterns. But it is first through our consciousness. Our soul is always with us, loving us, holding us. The identity For example, I am Marissa, I am mom, I am wife, I am coach, writer, speaker, I am fitness enthusiast, I am all these things. And in our society and based on my upbringing, all of these things have certain expectations that come along with them and standards and values and what means good and what means bad. And so in my day-to-day actions, I am always, as Marissa, the identity, my ego, again, none of this is bad, is trying to fulfill these things. But in the ego, and the identity, there's always something missing. We're always seeking more of an experience, a reality. It's the dream that we hope to experience. And a lot of our identity takes us out of the present moment here, right now. We're always looking to the past or to the future, Many times, the only way we can see the future is projecting from the past. And so in order to see a new reality, we have to become conscious. It's in the space between the thought. So when your mind is thinking and receiving from the river of thought, your brain is articulating those thoughts. But it is your consciousness that is there, that is still it is simple, and it is aware. So you can see right now and smell and hear, and you know that, but it is the awareness that you are aware of those things that I'm referencing. And so when you are in conversation, maybe you're so excited to speak, in that moment, I want you to remember this moment here where I'm telling you about awareness. And just marvel at yourself as you are aware of your impatience. That stillness, that beautiful essence that is you, that is loving you, it accepts all things and it flows with the moment. That, the more you tap into that, the more you can see the identity functioning in the world. And the identity is fun. It doesn't mean that the identity is like a bad thing. It's a part of our experience. We have to have an identity to function in our society. It's a beautiful thing. It's magnificent. It's wonderful. But are we the identity that we want to be here in this experience? And that's the power of your consciousness, becoming conscious of the unconscious. The only you that actually exists is here right now past actions that you took were from a different level of consciousness. You wouldn't have acted any other way than you did at that time. If you've ever heard the saying, we do the best that we can with what we're given, it's very, very true. The only reason that you perceive your past self, perhaps you're dealing with regrets or feeling like, how could I have done that? you know, those types of reflections in your life. The only way that you can have those types of thoughts is because you're at a higher level of consciousness. But at the time, you acted in the best way that you knew how based on your level of consciousness. And so becoming more aware and more conscious frees you from the trap of acting in a way that you may possibly regret. Because The only way we ever regret things is when we are following a program. Now, this is a journey because in my own experience as I have gone through this, sometimes I know this is my soul. I'm being guided. Yes, and there's peace. But sometimes I can't tell the difference. Is this a neural pattern or is this my soul? And the more that you show up for yourself, the more that you will discover this voice of love that is always guiding you, that's always present, never judging, and just allowing total and complete freedom. In acceptance of self, there's also trust because it's about trusting that everything that comes to you in your life, every experience is a part of your growth because there is no successful person out there that has not faced adversity. And it is through adversity that we learn our greatest lessons that then propel us into our momentum, our success, our greater understandings, and higher levels of consciousness. And so we have to develop this trust with God, the universe, infinite intelligence, that everything is working for our good. A trust there, but also within us, that we are always going to make the best decision we can as we become more awake to our lives, more conscious of ourselves. And so really, whenever you look at the past, perhaps something that you did or someone else did, we have to understand that it's that level of consciousness that we were that chose the best that it could. But who we are today, and us trying to remember a version of ourselves and attaching our identity to that previous version of ourselves is an illusion. Because Who we think that we were is not actually who we were. Remember, our memory is only an assimilation of neural patterns. And so we're not really actually remembering ourselves the same or as we were or as other people perceived us. It's really like how we choose to remember ourselves. And so we get to rewrite the narrative. We get to rewrite the story. But even better is to just let go and realize that you here right now that is hearing my voice this is the only you right now that exists. That's it. There's no you that exists in the past. Sure, we can talk about quantum realms and all these fun things, and your higher self that's already experiencing your dreams. Absolutely, it's true. But in your own experience of self, the only true way to experience yourself is right here, right now. This is you here today. And who you will be in the future is a different level of consciousness than who you are now. Who you were in the past may listen to this podcast episode and deny and be not open to anything that I'm sharing. That would have been a different level of consciousness, which is why right now you are still listening because you're at a higher level of consciousness, ready to receive and to learn and to grow. You know, when Devin had his traumatic brain injury, it was devastating for us. Things went really south. And it was because of all of my past traumas that I was able to look at that situation. And I remember very distinctly thinking to myself, here we go. Here's another lesson. Here's another opportunity to grow. I'm going to gain from this. Wasn't easy. There was still pain I had to walk through. And there still is. But there's growth. There's understanding. There's a deeper compassion for other people. There is a wisdom about the brain and about how to help others and to help Devin and to connect with him. I understand him in a way that I never would have understood him. I understand myself in a way that I never would have. I have more power within myself to rely on myself than I never would have before. So I can get caught up in how sad and devastating it was and and allow that to be the neural pattern that I choose, which then becomes my subconscious, which then becomes the trauma that keeps me stuck or I can choose another path. And the more that you become aware of this, that's the power of in the moment, in the future, when you experience things that may be perceived as traumatic, you have the option. What are you going to do next? Because you're about to create a new neural pattern for yourself. Is it one of limitation or of compassion and love and possibility? So step one is self-acceptance realizing that the only reason that we have this sense of pain and suffering is when our identity, the ego, perceives something that is going to threaten our identity. But when we remove these elements of expectation and labels, we can see we are just purely consciousness and soul and spirit, and nothing can harm us, truly. It's only the identity that can be harmed. And so in acceptance is realizing that The journey that we're on, every experience that we've had has allowed us to be here today. And I know if you listen in the next chapter of my life, I'm going to talk a lot about when I got pregnant at 17. And that could have been something that was, you know, holding me back. And although it was a beautiful experience and an expanding experience, it was also an experience that was devastating and created shame for me at the time. But what I did next is what created the path of my becoming. I had to accept. And in that moment, who I am now today, I wouldn't change a thing. My son is 15. I love him. The idea of walking through teen pregnancy is so far removed from my identity. It's an experience but it gave me compassion for myself. And there's so many beautiful things that came from it. And I wouldn't change the world for, you know, having my son. And that is self-acceptance, accepting who you are today. All that you've experienced is a part of that and trusting that everything that is to come is for your good. So first is acceptance. Number two is to remove the idea or the belief that trauma is a bad thing. Really, it can be a great teacher. It can be an opportunity for growth, to develop strength, to develop wisdom, to develop new ideas about life and your reality and what's going to be best for you. It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes the things that we believe are the most awful experiences will set us on a path to our most magnificent experiences, just like I shared with my son. At the time, it was devastating. But look where it is now. I have my beautiful 15-year-old boy that I wouldn't change for the world. And further, when we deeply consider our experience in this three-dimensional plane in the form of feeling, emotion is the entire experience in and of itself. Emotion is, in essence, the purpose of life. It is the gift of life. It is never a bad thing, it is simply an experience known and stored within the soul as wisdom. You're gonna hear me on this show say that time and time again. Wisdom is one of the greatest gifts and it only comes through experiences. The challenging part as human beings is that we have a brain and that communicates to us and when there's trauma, It may not accurately articulate what's in our best interest because of a pattern established from the moment the trauma happened, right? So this isn't a bad thing. Any great champion of any measure had to be an overcomer first, had to develop a weakness into a strength, and all obstacles are opportunities of greatness. So we must face these adversities to become great. This is the love of the universe, infinite intelligence. It's like a loving parent that understands so much more than our identity or ego can perceive. And it's like the little kid that's like, but I don't wanna go through this. When in reality, what's ahead of us, we need this wisdom. We need this experience in order to overcome and to be the champion that we are meant to be. We must know the pain of our tears to understand and deeply appreciate the joy of our laughter. Emotion is beautiful. As I said, it's a gift. So embrace it wholly, for it is a reflection of you. Your inner child that is still hiding in the shadows, when you experience a trigger, perhaps you had a trauma as a child, that is your inner child that's still hiding and saying, please, no, not again. Your higher self, the soul, who accepts, loves, does not judge, now must become conscious and rise up to become aware of the unconscious, the child that's hiding, and must carry them into healing. So we have acceptance. We have this reorientation of what trauma is. Instead of it being this dark, evil thing in our lives, it has to become a part of our evolution, our expansion, our ability to be overcomers. And next is to rewrite the story. Come to a place of positive narrative. Make a list of all the blessings and lessons that you've learned from the experience I recommend journaling these things and really creating space to not rush through this practice because you've been living with a story that is of smallness, that shows how you are the victim, but we have to rewrite the story. In what ways are you able to appreciate the trauma as a teacher and how can you think the experience And the unconscious pattern for trying to keep you safe and loved for so long. You know, last year, I had a miscarriage. And if we rewind, in 2020, I lost my dad. And although he was of old age, it still was a loss. And, you know, there was acceptance there. I think knowing he had a long life and knowing that I was able to be 30. You've heard my story. My dad was 63 whenever He had me and, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it to 30 to live with him in my life. And losing him at 30 was very, very sad. But to almost lose Devin, which I will share more about in my story in those chapters, two months later was also extremely traumatic, along with the trauma on a global level of the pandemic, right? So that year, I thought for sure, That, you know, I was done with trauma like that. And I was learning more and more and coaching others more and more. I had been coaching for five years at the time. And, you know, I had just made this story in my mind that everything moving forward is going to be beautiful. I'm going to manifest everything I desire. I didn't even know that I could have children at the time, which I'll share more about in my story, if you keep on listening and learning and growing with me in those chapters. And we became pregnant. I had no clue. It was a shock. It was a massive shock. We had resolved within ourselves that we weren't even going to have a child. And whenever I found out that I was pregnant, of course, naturally, this desire to be a mom and to have our child became something that I was facing. And it became a desire. It became something that I was so excited about. And 10 weeks later to find out that I had a miscarriage and to go through a DNC surgery was devastating. And in that, I was so sad. I was completely empty. It was like a broken promise. I just was like, how could this, how could this happen to me? You know, I had never had a miscarriage before. And I just didn't understand, like, why? I was angry. And I just allowed myself to experience all the emotions. I didn't run from it. I didn't suppress it. I just said, you know, I, I know that I can't hide this. I have to feel the pain, and I have to just allow myself to feel whatever's coming up. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried. And, you know, for about a week, I just was really depressed. I just was really down. I was really hurt. I felt abandoned by God and the universe and this love that was always there. I just was angry. And when I was ready, I knew that I was ready. And that's the thing about trauma is you have to experience the pain. You have to walk through it. And you'll know when you're ready to turn the page. And when you're ready to do so, you then can do this practice that I'm teaching you now. Rewrite the story. And so I began to think about All the things that I was grateful for from this experience. One of them being the fact that I knew that I could get pregnant at all. Now, today, I am going through fertility treatments. We've undergone two IUIs and we're getting ready to undergo IVF. When this comes out, I may be completing IVF. And, you know, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't gone through that. So for that, I am thankful. And I know that our child will come when the time is right. I know that it's already happening in my future. I know that it already will be. And so I can surrender it. But also, I came to this place of, you know, so many women who are trying to have children don't have children. And I do. I remember thinking, I'm so thankful for the children I do have. And and this immense gratitude, this new appreciation for my children. Of course, I love them and was grateful for them. But This created a new level of gratitude. And there were about 20 different things I was able to come up with of rewriting the story and creating this list of things I could be grateful for. And within that allowed me the power to then talk to others about it. And through talking to others, there's also healing. There's healing in reshaping your story. It's a new neural path that you can return to again and again. And those emotions that come with rewriting the story are uplifting, are beautiful, are inspiring. And it also reminds you of the truth that all things are working for your good, that you are going to make it through this, that you are stronger than you think, and that you have so much ahead of you. And the life that you are living is about the emotional experience in and of itself. So once you are coming to this place of acceptance and activating this practice with your relationship with yourself on a daily basis, working to accept things as they come, accepting the past, accepting the moment, then moving through your ability to remove the idea that your trauma was a bad thing, kind of reshaping your perspective of life, of trauma, of experience, and then rewriting your story you can then begin to forgive the trauma and the people and see the innocence in all things. This goes back to acceptance, really, because forgiveness is about seeing the illusion for what it is, an illusion. Consider your mistakes that you've made in the moment, seeing how you were innocently making the mistake, unintentionally hurting others, to see that you did not have the intention, see your innocence and offer it to others. We are all doing our best at every moment, always, even in our rage, our anger, our abuse, and the unthinkable. The dissociations that we experience in our brains can be powerful, and people can give in out of pain and fear and a desire to feel loved or to feel powerful or to feel worthy. Now, does that make what they did okay or validated? No. The brain, the ego, wants it to make sense. The ego, the identity, wants what they did to us to fall in alignment with our values and our beliefs. And if it didn't, in our brain, it's like, How could they have done that? What was wrong with them? In no way can I ever see their innocence because it was so wrong for them to do that. But the soul consciousness doesn't need a reason. It can just trust that in their actions was pain and littleness and an innocence to try to be enough or to try to feel a certain way to validate themselves. And in that, we can have compassion for them and to see that At their level of consciousness, there wasn't really another way that they would have responded. And in this, not necessarily saying, you know, what they did is okay, but can we somehow in some way see their inner child acting out of trauma? Yes, we can. And a world that constantly blames never heals. Healing only happens in total forgiveness. Releasing ourselves from the bondage, from the pain, from going back to it, to hold unforgiveness in the heart is to hold on to the memory of the pain, to not let it go, to not release ourselves from that bondage. And the other person has gone on with their life. I promise you that. Like I shared in the last chapter of my life, when I told my dad I forgave him after all those years, he looked at me and said, for what? He was over it. He was fine. He was living his life. It was me that was living in limitation that was acting out of this sense of unworthiness. It wasn't affecting him. He was fine. It was me that was being held in bondage. And one way to overcome your limitations that show up from unforgiveness is through meditation. Very soon, I'm going to start recording meditations, and I'm going to make them available to you guys. And one powerful meditation is a cutting the cord meditation, where you release others from the pain that they have caused. The next step in this is to become aware of self. So what I want you to do, we've talked a little bit about triggers and how they are reflections of the trauma. I want you to take out a piece of paper, write two lines, so you have three columns, One at the top is for triggers, next is your reactions, and after that is the result. So each day, begin to become aware of, that triggered me. Huh, what did I do? How did I react? You know, maybe you lost your temper, maybe you got really sad, maybe you started to people please, you know, maybe you got really defensive. Whatever it is, write down, what did you do? when that trigger showed up? And what was the result of that response? In the reactions, did you get what you actually wanted? Identify what did you want and what did you get? You're gonna start to see that these triggers, reactions, are creating results that you don't want. And if you can see it on a daily basis within a few minutes or an hour of an experience, you're going to start to see over a longer period of time, over years of your life, how these traumas and not healing from them can create a life that you do not want. Start to keep a journal of these because your brain, it needs proof. If you're going to make any lasting change in your life, You've got to show your brain evidence of how these traumas are creating triggers and creating reactions that are the hypnotic rhythm of the subconscious that are manifesting into realities that you don't want. You have to show your brain it's not serving me anymore. And this can only happen by becoming aware. Now, you want to be careful in this is that When you start to become aware, those triggers aren't just going to, like, go away. Remember, that path is already paved, and it's pretty easy to go back to it. So it's not like, you know, it's just over. In fact, for me, even today, after all of the healing and personal deep work that I've done, I still discover new patterns, and I have to be honest with myself. I'm in this constant journey of discovery of self, and we all are. It never ends. It's beautiful. It's ongoing. It's a part of our relationship where we show up and put energy into ourselves becoming the person that we desire to be in the world, which is connected to the dreams that we hope to manifest. And so, what happens oftentimes is the more that you become aware of these triggers and your reactions, when you go back to a reaction that is not serving you, you can have guilt or shame start to pop up or this judgment of self like look you did it again you're never going to heal this voice this ego is going to come up and say you're never going to heal from this trauma look at you you're just stuck man forget this work we're done you know and just be careful of that that is the ego which is the part of you that's also keeping you stuck so it's the same thing so really be gentle with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Don't expect this to happen overnight. It is about a moment-to-moment journey. All right, number six, the next step here, our second to final step, is activate the letting go technique. Dr. David Hawkins has a book called Letting Go, The Path to Surrender. Highly recommend it if you would like to learn more about this. But We as human beings, especially with our big, beautiful brains that we have, we like to know the facts. I believe both sides of the coin are true. It is wonderful to know where the trauma came from, to know what reaction is it creating, how is that result affecting my life, and being aware of the thoughts you're having in this very concrete, I can write it out kind of reality and knowing of the trauma But the other side of it is when these sensations sometimes, for example, I know for me, like at the end of the day, I may be in a negative state of mind. I don't know where that happened. I don't remember being triggered. You know, I'm not really sure at all, like, why I feel this way. I don't know. I'm just feeling this way. That can happen too. And so this is when you can activate the letting go technique. And over time, your awareness to the why will show up. And then you can work through that more deeply. But really with trauma, your energy is stuck within your body because the emotion and suppression of the experience is held within. And so when the emotion shows up that you don't want, that is causing you pain and suffering, to, again, as I shared, don't judge it. Just sit with it. Embrace it. Relax your body and just, you know, you may need to go with it for the bathroom, move a piece of furniture. It doesn't take long to do this. Practice not responding to the emotion or the sensation, just to feel it, to be the awareness that recognizes it, consciousness, knowing, sensing, feeling. And just don't even label it, don't even give it a name. It doesn't matter if it's anger, it doesn't matter if it's sadness, it doesn't matter. You just feel it, you're present with it. And when you are ready, you simply release. And it's like if your eyes are closed, you imagine a hand that reaches out to you and you're in a deep fog. And slowly, slowly, this hand is pulling you towards the light until the clouds are gone and nothing but light is there. And you then return to or cultivate a feeling of gratitude. You begin to feel joy. Or maybe you just feel neutral. But you just let go of the cloud. You let go of that passing emotion. And usually within two minutes, that emotion will be gone. Because it is a reaction. It is a neural pattern. And if you don't respond to it, you are changing the script within your subconscious. You're creating a new opportunity to perceive differently. And it will pass because the chemicals released in the brain that create the emotion not being acted on will allow it to pass. So this is science. But practice the letting go technique. Embrace the feelings. Don't judge them. Feel them. When ready, let go. Just simply let go and replace with an opposite positive emotion. This can be hard. I've you know been in situations where I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. And you know what? I can't change how I feel right now. I feel this way. I remember when I first started to do this deep inner work, there were days where I literally am like, I don't know how to get joy back. Okay, And that's a part of the process too. It's a part of the journey. So embrace every experience you have moving forward as much as possible, as being perfect for you. The more that you are in acceptance with your experiences through this healing journey, the faster you will heal. But that leads me to my next and final point for you or teaching lesson for you is to release judgment. Don't set an expectation for how fast you're going to heal, how it's going to happen, how it's going to impact you, how other people are going to respond to you, what it's going to manifest for you. Release every single expectation at all. The only thing you should expect is to discover yourself deeply and to become more in love with yourself and your life and to be more free. That will happen, but it won't happen how or when and in the way that you think it will you have to be open. It could happen in an instance. It could happen in a year. It could happen day by day. And that is generally what I find to be true, is it is a journey day by day, moment by moment. When you release it all, you become open to miracles. Everything is experience. In your awareness of self, you cultivate who you are becoming. And in that, you're healing. So to recap those steps here in our conclusion, step one is acceptance, acceptance of self, acceptance of the future, trusting the future, trusting every experience. Step two is to remove the idea that trauma is a bad thing. Begin to see it as a part of your ability to be an overcomer, to become a champion Three is to rewrite the story, creating a new narrative of gratitude and how you can reshape the story into something that has brought you to where you are today. And what are the things about today that you would not change that manifested from that experience? However, you can rewrite the narrative and to journal and spend time reviewing and re journaling. Four is to forgive the trauma and the people, see the innocence in all things. Five is to become aware of self, taking a record and making an account for triggers, responses, and results. Six is activate the letting go technique. And seven is to release judgment of self, of others, and how in the heck this thing's going to happen. So I just want to honor you. This is one of our longer episodes and you're still here. You are committed to your healing and that simply means that you're already on the way. It's already happening. Embrace the journey, my love, because this is only the beginning. And in a final thought I want to give you is every moment is a beginning. Every moment is an opportunity. You don't have to follow a path that's not serving you. You don't have to hold on to the things that are causing you pain. And in fact, it takes far greater boldness, confidence, belief, willingness to let go of what you're holding on to. What we're holding on to will create pain and suffering and will keep us stuck. And it's in our awareness that little by little, we can become more aware of what we're holding on to, realizing how it's not serving us, and to move on into a new chapter, a new level of consciousness that our soul is so patiently just waiting for us to tap into. And when you do, you will discover that your dreams will manifest faster, that it's easier to charge those higher prices, that it's easier to share your true feelings to those that you love, to be more bold in what you're passionate about, and to serve others and to impact the world in a way that feels good, feels really good. And what feels good to give is going to feel good to receive. Because remember, everything that you manifest around you is a reflection of your past and your emotion is a reflection of your past. And so if what you're doing today doesn't feel good, you can do the same things and feel good and you will manifest something different. And this is the power of healing your trauma therefore transforming your lives. And you hold the power. That's the most scary thing, but yet the most beautiful thing, the most empowering thing is to know that you are the driver of the ship and you are guiding it. You moment by moment through your consciousness are reshaping who you are and who you are becoming. And the only version of you that is real is you right here, right now. And this is your life, and you command the ship as to where it's going to go. I love you. I'm proud of you. This is only the beginning, and you are on your way to your highest self, most beautiful experiences, and your dreams, they're already here, and it's time for you to see it. I cannot wait to hear stories of this, as always, Please share your stories of success, lessons you've learned. Share this in your story. DM me. Feel free to reach out any way. I love the idea of sharing it on social media because what that means is that people are going to see. And the more that we are bold in our own experience, we are then stepping out of this idea that we need to be perfect and we're helping others heal too. So if you know someone that really needs to hear this episode, be bold enough to be the light and to share this with them, because this is not about the masses, it's about the one, and you matter, and so do they. And so regardless of if you share this story and thousands of people see it or one person sees it, it's still a light that is being shared, and our ripple effect in this world is far greater than we could ever comprehend. I love you, I adore you, and I'll see you next time here on The Marissa Morrison Show. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug, and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible, and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.